You're listening to Arrowhead Radio. Do my prejudices influence communication of the gospel? What is my position as a Christian on mission? Is Christianity compatible with other religious expression? Is evangelism simply white colonization? Do all expressions of faith lead to the same ultimate outcome? We can boldly face the relativism that is influencing missions and overtaking the clear message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Join us as we discuss complex issues facing the local church as it serves Christ in obedience to the Great Commission. This is Mission of the Nations with host Grant Fawcett. So we're here for Mission of the Nations and before we get too far I need to say that I don't want this to be an unexciting, boring intro. I want it to be. I want you to be excited because we don't. We don't want you to be bored at the start. So, so this is my exciting voice. Can you tell? I feel. I feel enthusiastic. Our guests are great. You guys are going to be so stoked. What? Can <laughs> we start over now? I'm getting. I'm getting hand signals. Uh, cut. Cut. We have in the studio today Elizabeth Fawcett, affectionately known as Liz, by all of the people, and we have Heidi Hill who is uh, married to Tyler Hill, and they are uh, doing deputation currently to go um, full-time cross-cultural overseas missions. And I've asked these ladies to join me uh, this morning to discuss something that is important uh, with respect to missions and something that is often not considered by uh, those who are supporting missions or uh, interested in missions as uh, something that has to be considered. Uh, there are a lot of things that we discuss on this podcast that have to do with missiology and the function of mission. Uh, and sometimes there are things that we just don't think about uh, that missionaries have to consider when they're going on the field. And one of those things, the thing we're going to talk about now that I haven't said yet, is schooling for our children. Um, there are a lot of different ideas and people can get very emotional about this topic. Um, there are a lot of different ideas about homeschooling versus public schooling versus Christian schooling, even just here in Canada. Um, but when you take it into a missions context, there are some added things to consider. Um, and I think there's some realities that we need to consider as Christians um, but also as parents. And uh, so ladies, thank you for joining us. I'm going to get you to introduce yourselves. We're going to go one at a time and I'm going to try not to ask you strings of questions all at once because Marcus told me that that was not, hel not helpful. <laughs> so we'll start with Liz, if you want to tell us who you are and, you know, stuff. Okay. <laughs> Um, I'm Elizabeth Fawcett, <laughs> and uh, I work here at Arrowhead Native Bible Center, along with my husband, Grant Fawcett. That's and me, in case anybody <laughs> out there is confused about the relationship uh, yeah. right now. <laughs> um, yeah, that's who I am. <laughs> what about your kids? Oh, I have, we have two children, Ivy, who's seven and a half, and Willow, is five, so two girls. And I'm Heidi Hill, and like Grant said, I'm married to Tyler Hill, 
and we have three little boys. So Liam's five and Titus is three and Elliot's one and a half. So the question of education is kind of right on our horizons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you're in deputation mode, so yes. you're probably weighing the realities of sending them to public school here versus starting them homeschooling. And then you're probably also thinking about what's going to happen when we get to our field, which we won't necessarily mention specifically in case yeah. there's some, some issues with respect to safety and those kinds of yeah. things. Yeah. Well, with Liam being five, we already started homeschooling him this year um, for a variety of reasons. But one of them being when we're on deputation, there's times that we're away for a couple weeks at a time. And so we're able to kind of take his schoolwork with us and not have to worry about getting him back in time for a school day. So it's actually been a big help this year as we started that. And then, of course, as we think towards the future, there's some other decisions to be made in that. Mm -hmm. Do you think there will be some uh, mission, like some decision-making process that will be with respect to how their education will impact your ministry? When, when you're there. Yeah, I think that's actually a, a big thing to think about. Because as a mom, you know that your ministry is, is in your home and to your children. But then as, as a missionary, as a foreign worker, there's a lot of ministry to be done outside of the home as well. And so to try to, to figure out where education fits into that and how it all balances out, that's a big part of, of our consideration of what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. And how about you, Liz? I mean, we have, we have homeschooled the girls and, and, you know, what has been some of your decision-making with respect to that? Hmm. Well, I think, um, our main reason for homeschooling was to give the girls a Christian education. I think that was probably top of the list as to reasons why, but, um, also, like Heidi said, it's it's nice to have the flexibility that if we are traveling, um, if we are, most of the time we're in churches on weekends, but sometimes throughout the week we have to take off and mm-hmm. do different things or even just coming down to the camp um, to do some work or if there's conferences or work weeks or whatever. It's nice to have the flexibility of just having the girls come with us and serve here at Arrowhead with us. As they're sitting at the boardroom table <laughs> on the other side of the glass right now, um, we have some podcast recording we're doing mm-hmm. for the next two or three days, and mm-hmm. and to be able to have them here is, yeah. is nice. It is. I mean, yeah. it would be, I mean, sometimes it's, think, well, we could send them off to school, to a public school, and, and they'd be there and free up my time a little bit more, but I mean, there's a lot of different reasons why we chose to homeschool, and um, and I, I like the fact that we, you know, serve together as a family. I think that's really important. And so they're pretty little still, but they can be involved in different aspects of what we do here at Arrowhead. And um, and also I enjoy teaching. So mm-hmm. I think that's a big part of it is I really, really like it. I, I do love it. And, um, you know, we do have our days where it's, you know, long and I look forward to the weekends and summers as well. But Christmas break was lovely. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, but I do enjoy it from day to day. I like it, so that helps. There's a, there's a lot of discussion around homeschooling and 
the pros and cons. And I think that the conversation has evolved a lot over the last decade as more people seem to be doing it and even mm. people who are not of faith. Right. Um, one of the things that we've often been asked, and, and I think it's asked less than it used to be, um, but this could even be relevant, you know, as you guys are starting to homeschool and we both live in the woods, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> far away from the things and people are typically prone to lean when they hear homeschooling. The first thing they say is what about the social life mm-hmm. for the kids? So what do you guys think about that? Living in the woods <laughs> and homeschooling our kids, you know, what resources are available? How do we keep them from growing up to be the stereotypical sort of maladjusted, socially awkward, <laughs> homeschool mm, looking person. Cliche. Yeah. Cliche. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want me to answer that one first? You can go sure. ahead. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's funny because, I mean, at five, social is kind of the least of my concerns right now, mm. but I was homeschooled my entire life. So that is a question that was just continually asked. Mm-hmm. And... I remember my dad numerous times saying, you know, social isn't just spending time with your own age group. Mm. And so he was, my parents were very, um, very dedicated to taking us out to, you know, retirement homes or nursing homes and visiting and helping out and and volunteering in a bunch of different aspects so that we weren't just socializing with one age group. Um, But right now, uh, being out in the woods, we tend to just take advantage of what the community has. Mm-hmm. Like Chipman has the Karen Chair, which is a marvelous place. It has the library. So because Liam's just in kindergarten, we feel free to, to go off and use those. A um, couple, you know, couple times a week, we'll go to, you know, one and then the other and do that. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, we um, get asked that some, but like you say, they're young enough that, you know, maybe as they become teens, it'll become more of a, I don't know. I can see maybe they might feel like them themselves may feel like they don't have as many opportunities. I don't know. But as of right now, certainly with, with where we, we serve at Arrowhead, there's people around like all, all the time. Mm. And during the summer, they're meeting all kinds of other kids and staff and staff throughout the year for work, work teams that come here. And, mm-hmm. um, so I don't think f- they don't suffer at all mm. socially and neither of them are shy. Uh, they enjoy meeting new people and they, they get excited to meet other kids and, um, they, they seem to be well adjusted so far. And, like you said, I think that's a good point that your dad said. It's not just socializing with kids their own age. Mm-hmm. It's nice to have them be able to um, know how to talk to an elderly person or make conversation with, you know, an adult and teens and kids their own age. And uh, certainly Ivy and Willow here at Arrowhead mm-hmm. have that opportunity to meet people of all ages and and socialize with them and... Yeah. I heard someone one time say that if you think that it's only homeschooling that leads to maladjusted, mm. socially <laughs> awkward kids, you clearly haven't been in a public school right. in a while. Well, exactly. <laughs> because That's true. they're there too. Yeah. I don't it, think it makes any difference whether, yeah. you know, that, I mean, it maybe, maybe years ago it made a difference if you were homeschooled where 
they didn't have the networks that there are now. I think maybe there's more people homeschooling. I don't know. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, there's a lot, a lot of homeschooling communities. And, and I think people are more intentional about building communities so that kids aren't isolated because it probably, you know, it could be a thing for mm-hmm. sure. But um, I, think, I think generally. I think what you say, like intentional. I think if you're intentional, yeah. it's something that you can really yeah. um, make sure that there's not a, a gap there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's different rules everywhere for mm-hmm. homeschooling. So, I, I mean, out in Alberta, they've been having a lot of controversy because of the way that the homeschooling is interacted with by the government and... There's, there's just some strange stuff happening. And then in New Brunswick, there seems to be very little oversight at all. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as long as you're committing to teach your kids on paper, they seem to be happy with that. Mm-hmm. And there's no, there doesn't seem to be any, uh, government influence, but have you guys thought about the place that you're going to be ministering and what the laws and all that look like there? Yeah. Well, education was a conversation that I had um, frequently with the team that's already serving there. Um, Tyler and I went over in July, and so I was able to sit down with a lot of the moms. Um, it's actually really neat because there's a couple other young families, all with young boys, um, right around our boys' age. So we were able to have these conversations kind of as they're walking through it as well. So I think, um, I think actually our plan is when we get there to initially put the boys in school. Mm. Um, because of language, they're going to have to learn a new language. And so we figure in a school setting, that's going to be a lot easier for them to do, especially while we're learning a new language. Um, but of course, you know, it's always flexible. We'll see how it goes. But as far as the team that's in place, a lot of them are comfortable with the school system. And so that's going to be a change for us, but that's what we're looking at doing right now is, is putting them in school. Okay. So that'll be a bit of a, a bit of a change. I, growing up, I had the benefit of doing three different types of schooling. Um, I was in public school until grade seven, but I think I was in four different public schools in that period of time. Mm -hmm. And then I was in Christian school until grade 10. And then I did homeschooling for the rest of high school. So I've kind of had the experience of all three of those things and, and can see the pros and cons of each one. But I think it, it's fair to say that it's got to be a personal decision that, mm-hmm. um, I, 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 I know that it is an emotional topic for some people and some people are very dogmatic. You must never let the state have your kids. Um, and there are some people who are very concerned that the kids have this mission field. And I think, I think we have to all wrestle with it ourselves and pray about it and, and think about, you know, what we're going to do with our kids mm-hmm. holding our responsibility to them high is mm-hmm. a, a pretty important part of the conversation. Um, d- you are both doing homeschooling right now. Do you want to talk a little bit about what curriculums you use just to Liz, you can start. We're staring at you together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, sure. We're using ACE, which is stands for Exhilarated Christian Education. Exhilarated? Accelerated. Accelerated. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's very exciting. (laughs) Accelerated (laughs) Christian Education. And um, it's a 
I really enjoy it. I went to a Christian school from grades 1 to 12, and that is the curriculum we used. So I'm very familiar with it. So I did, um, you know, when we started thinking about homeschooling and when Ivy started, you know, getting to be school age, debating whether we would just go with ACE or or investigate some other curriculums and and we basically decided to start with ACE and see how it goes because it is what I'm familiar with. Many moons ago, I used to teach pre-K and we used a Becca. And so I was familiar mm-hmm. with that as well. But um, the one thing I like about ACE is that um, it's student-led as opposed to teacher-led. So once you hit grade one and you are very flexible as to how much like you have you're you're teaching the younger grades like you're more hands-on but there's also the option of if your child can kind of read and and move along at their own pace then then they can do that and so anyway yeah I, I really enjoy it and so far both girls are doing well with it and not to say we wouldn't change it up some down the road but um that's what we use right now and and it's going well so and it is a Christian curriculum. It is a Christian curriculum. Um, yes. It's a bit dated, I find. A as little far bit. As some of the, th- the yeah. theological yeah. Um, teachings have to be tweaked a little bit as we go. But, yeah. But uh, the yes. girls both seem to be learning very well. Yeah. They're they do, and and Ivy like, and it's it's nice the curriculum because you can adjust it to the child. So, for instance, Ivy does well at reading the instructions because the, the, the paces is what they're called, but they're booklets. So for math, say you have your, your problems and your instruction all in one book. And then you, you finish that book and move on to another book, but the instruction and the, the work is all in the one, one book. So she, she now is, is in old enough that she can read the instructions, follow them and do the problems in math, English, and all the other subjects. So she does well with that. Whereas Will is just starting. But if, if, if a child needs more instruction, then you absolutely can give them the instruction that they need. But you can also, you know, let them go along if, if they seem to be thriving and doing well that way, where they can just do it on their own pace. But hmm. anyway... Um, I forget what your question was. <laughs> <laughs> I just want I just wanted uh, oh, you guys to share specifically, specifically what okay. curriculums you, because that's a thing that people wonder. Right? Yeah. I mean Especially there's so many different curriculums out there. A lot and you have to pick what's good for you, what's good for your kids and um and some will use a different curriculum depending on subject and yeah, so on. But um yeah, I, I just picked it for what was familiar, what I was familiar with, and yeah. See, and it's very different for us because I'm not actually working through a specific curriculum. So I've just kind of put together um, books of various styles and mm-hmm. and topics and all that kind of stuff. We do have an Abeka book that we're working through for reading, and it's excellent. Yeah. Like, I can't believe... strong reading. Yeah, I can't believe the progress that mm-hmm. we're making. Um, but yeah, we just have a different math book, but I tend to do a lot of, we do a lot of reading kind of subjects mm-hmm. that Liam's particularly interested in. I mean, right now we're studying space because he loves that. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're doing. And, yeah. and 
I try to be really flexible because he's five and in kindergarten, mm-hmm. and I have two younger boys who need a lot of attention and stuff as well. So we try to make school as fun and as inclusive as we can with everyone. Mm-hmm. So yeah. there is some book work, there is some sitting and writing, but for the most part, there's a lot of just reading, studying, learning as we go. Um, you know, we try to take from nine in the morning to 12 at noon to kind mm-hmm. of really focus on school. Mm-hmm. And then from there we go with reading and outside play and whatever else the day holds. Yeah. So it's a, it's a little different when they're in kindergarten. Mm-hmm. So yeah, True. for sure. That was by and large my favorite part of homeschooling mm-hmm. though, because uh, I did grades, I believe 10, 11 and 12 homeschooling was that I was able to be done by like noon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I would sit, that. I would sit down at nine o'clock and in three hours I'd have it all done mm-hmm. because there wasn't recess and class change and useless classes. It was just yeah. focused work. And yeah, that, that's you weren't a, waiting for someone else to finish their work before you moved on to the next thing even. Or, right. Yeah. 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 Very, yeah. very good. So as, um, moms and missionary wives, do you guys have any particular advice that you might give to other folks who are in mission or thinking about mission, or maybe I could frame it this way. Do you have anything that you'd like to communicate to supporters or people that inquire about like your children aren't getting an adequate education because you're teaching them at home and you live in the woods and, (laughs) you know, is there, is there any advice you have for folks with respect to any of that? I mean, I I don't think the stigmas exist that have in the past towards Mm. homeschooling, um, but I think there still is some of that. Yeah. I don't know. Um, you go ahead. <laughs> well, I was just thinking, I think sometimes the, the question that we encounter more is, if you're homeschooling, are you doing missions work? Mm. And, you know, or, or is all your time taken educating your kids? And is that what, you know, we're supporting you to do? Wow. Which... Uh, which is sometimes a hard question to answer. <laughs> um, but I think I think each family has to decide for themselves what works mm-hmm. best for their family and what works best for their home. Mm-hmm. And if it's what the Lord is calling them to do, then he's also going to equip them to fulfill the ministry and the mission as well. Mm-hmm. Like if he's asking that family to homeschool, then he, he'll also provide them the time that they need to do the rest of the ministry that they've been called right. to do, mm-hmm. I believe anyways. And, and not every mission family is going to homeschool or not every no. mission family is going to send their kids to school. I think mm-hmm. they're, I think parents as a whole want what's best for their, their kids and are listening to what God is asking them to do. And that's going to look different for everyone. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Our number one ministry is to our families, whether we're missionaries or not. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I almost wonder mm-hmm. if, if at the heart of that question is a different understanding of the missionary parishioner relationship, for lack of a better, a better term. Mm -hmm. I mean, the expectation for ourselves should be the same as for those in ministry. Mm -hmm. I, I think that the Bible is for everyone and the principles in it or for everyone. And our number one ministry is our family. Um, my wife and kids are meant to come first mm-hmm. before Arrowhead. 
So I, I, I see that tension though, because mm-hmm. I've, I've observed that myself. Um, not necessarily with respect to the kids, because that would be Liz's ministry is more with teaching the kids than mine right now. Um, but in other ways, I've seen that tension exist. Mm-hmm. And, and that's part of the reason this whole podcast exists, Mission of the Nations, is to address some of the confusion or corrupt thinking that we can tend to adopt, whether it's traditional, like whether it's just something that's sort of evolved in the last 200 years with sort of modern missions or, or whether it's systemic, we, you know, our church, we just pay the missionaries and we, that's, we're Sunday Christians or, you know, whatever it might be. And I think thinking about the relationship between, you know, ladies and children who are missionaries with their husbands on the field and and what that looks like. We still have families. We still have to raise our families and make hard decisions. And I, I think it, it can be unhelpful to be trite about the decisions yeah. that have to be made. Well, I, I think that there was a, a generation that went to the mission field and they all just sent their kids away. And they saw their kids as a hindrance to the ministry rather than adding to it. Mm. And so now I think there's that feeling of trying to find a balance between you know, kids are a helpful thing in a ministry. They're a benefit. A ministry is a family thing. Mm -hmm. So you don't want to just send them away or see their education as inconvenient or wasting of time that you could be using for something else. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just, I guess, trying to find that balance between Mm -hmm. what used to be and what we can now make it a healthier version of, Mm -hmm. of missions or ministry or or whatever. And, and that doesn't have to be homeschooling That's necessarily, right. because right. like, like I said, I mean, for us, the plan is at the moment to put the boys in school, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I mean, that can change at any time as well, if that's not working for them. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, it's, um, like we haven't really, we've always, we've only been supported, I think, of our decision to homeschool, like especially from our, from our, um, supporters and, uh, no one's really ever, question it I don't think so much but um, it definitely is an individual choice each family needs to to weigh the benefits and the the pros but um, to like if you are a missionary family and you decided to send your kids or even your pastor and your wife decided to send your kids to a public school you could get backlash from that to Mm -hmm. say you're a missionary. Why would you send your kids off to a public school or your pastor? And why would you do that? But, you know, not everybody is necessarily equipped to homeschool. Right. And, you know, I, I used to think, well, if you really feel convicted to have your kids homeschooled, you, you could figure it a way and maybe, but I don't know. Now that I, you know, I've done it myself some for a few years, you know, not, not everybody, it's not for everybody and that's okay. And, and really the bottom line is that if you do send your kids off to school, you have, you're going to, you should be equipping your kids Mm -hmm. either way, whether you send them to public school or homeschool them, the foundation on what you're teaching them at home, their values and, and, and morals. And, you know, that's, you have to, equip them to how to live in the world regardless. So that's, that's important either, either whatever decision you make. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's bottom line, really. 
Mm-hmm. We tend to forget too culturally. I mean, we, we look at things from our own perspective because that's how people are. We're ethnocentric. We mm-hmm. think that w- the way we think is the right way because it's the way we think. Mm-hmm. Um, Meryl and Brienne and I have been reading a book called um, Ministering in Honor, Shame Cultures. And it's been very helpful for some of even this conversation because mm-hmm. if you were to go to a country that was an honor, shame country and then not send your mm-hmm. kids to school, it could m- have a significant detrimental impact on your ministry because it could shame, it could put you in a a bubble Mm -hmm. for cultural reasons, as opposed to when we're sitting here, we're thinking individualistically instead of relationally. And we're thinking, oh, you're going to go to the field, Heidi, and Mm -hmm. you're going to homeschool. Well, then why are we sending you money? Well, or or vice versa. You're going to send your kids to public school. Why are we sending you money? It depends on people's proclivity, but, um, that relationship that you're going to have in that community matters. And thinking about that is, is, is a part of your ministry. And I think we quantify things, um, in too humanistic of a way. We measure ministry by our sort of worldly standards. And we don't realize that this relationship building and these, these attitudes and interactions with the community that we're in matter and, and how we're there and what we're doing. And I mean, that can be true here in mm-hmm. Atlantic Canada too. So those are all things that we have to consider, you know, when we have our kids in public, whether we take them to dance or piano lessons or public school or the swimming pool, mm-hmm. um, that we have a presence that matters relationally mm-hmm. in the community. And that, that can get sort of, expanded sort of a hundredfold when we go intercultural, when yeah. we go cross-cultural because we're in a micro under a microscope. Mm-hmm. Um, not that our kids are supposed to be a, our, our tool for ministry maybe, but, mm. but they are part of the ministry. Yeah. Uh, I think well, that. they open a lot of doors mm. and that, and that can be both in homeschooling or public school, really any setting. Mm-hmm. They open doors for ministry. Mm-hmm. And so rather than rather than seeing them as a hindrance, which I think sometimes we do, mm-hmm. they they really are a huge benefit. And that's true here as much mm-hmm. as cross-cultural. Mm-hmm. But we've really had to learn how to ask those questions about schooling, like you say, because it matters differently in different places. Mm-hmm. And so we've had numerous conversations of saying, you know, what's kind of the feeling of this in this area? So. Mm-hmm. All right. Before we wrap up, we'll, uh, I'll just see, uh, ask you if there's anything else that you guys would like to add, um, for our adoring <laughs> multitudes. Um, I mean, I homeschool, so I'm an advocate for homeschooling now. <laughs> um, but you know, like I said, it's not for everybody. Um, but, uh, it's definitely an option, you know, when you're, kids become school age, you know, there's public school, there's Christian school, there's homeschool and, um, boarding it, school. We always forget. We always <laughs> forget there's boarding. always boarding right. school, yeah. <laughs> but it's, you know, it, it's, it can be an overwhelming thing to think about or to imagine doing, but you know, it's, it's not so bad. And, um, so if anybody is thinking about homeschooling, it's, it's a joy and it's super oh. rewarding and to, to, to watch your 
kids learn and, and soak in information and learn to read and recognize their letters and numbers and all that. Like, it's really cool. It's a really neat thing. Um, So I think, no, not everybody's cut out to do it, but I think there's a lot of people that probably could do it if they wanted to. And uh, it's not that big and scary. And there's always the option, if it's not working out, you can always send your kids off to public school. Like, Mm -hmm. we haven't ruled that out completely. I mean, right now we don't see it in the foreseeable future, but who knows? We may we may decide to send them to public school at some point. Um, but uh, yeah, I just I think it's a it's a it's a good option to to look at. I think you said it so well. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know. I've loved this year. Yeah. Loved this year of teaching. Yeah. I I wouldn't trade it for the world. It's no. so precious, like yeah. you say. Um, I think the other thing that I was reminded of a while ago is, you know, it's easy for us to write off something challenging like homeschooling and saying, well, I just don't have the patience for that. Mm -hmm. Rather than dealing with the heart attitude of our patient level, (laughs) we just tend to write it off and say, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to try to attempt that because, you know, I'm not, I'm not in the right, I don't know, frame of mind to do that. And so I just was really challenged with rather than, you know, changing the circumstances mm-hmm. I need to change myself right and if God's calling me to do this he'll give me the level of patience I need and you know he'll give me the strength I need I, I can't mm-hmm. do it on my own anyways so um so yeah I think it's mm-hmm. it's definitely scary heading into it mm-hmm. even though I was only ever homeschooled all of a sudden becoming the teacher was scary yeah. but it's oh, but it is <laughs> a lot a lot easier than you think it yeah. might be so yeah. of course I'm only in kindergarten so so really, far, I'm talking at I'm an easy able level. To handle grade three, mm. so far <laughs> yeah, I can see. handle that. Yeah. We'll see. Grade four might be a little tricky. So for listen, me, listen to Liz; she's further ahead than I am. <laughs> no, but no, I, to the work I'm saying, I can, yep. I can multiply. There you go. So we're good. Thoughts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, anyway. Yeah. Sometimes uh, I come home and it looks like the front end of a Walmart blew up on August 30th <laughs> in our kitchen. <laughs> yep. Schoolwork everywhere. Yeah. Pencils right. and crayons. Yeah. And, but, but it's always nice to come home and Ivy or Willow wants to show me something. Yeah. I'm just going to say, then they get to share with you what they learned and that's yeah. the excitement. Oh, yeah. Of, yeah. You get so proud of them for what yes. they do. Yeah. Because my child's a genius. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Unlike every other child. That's oh, right. Yeah. But we're going to keep believing our <laughs> ones are. Yeah. I'm going to teach mine Latin. Yeah. I don't know go Latin, for it. we're going to okay. look on you YouTube. You can go ahead and do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll skip that just, subject. I'm too. just kidding. Yeah. French all the way. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You need to start way French, more practical. Yeah. <laughs> I keep, yeah, I keep forgetting about French, but now's the time to start. When we, when we come home on home assignment, our kids are going to know another language and it is not going to be beneficial to them anywhere. No. <laughs> but, where, but where we're going to be ministering, so yeah. hey, it'll be cool. we might have to start on French. <laughs> if you find some good uh, music in that particular language, you'll have to share it. Yes, for sure. Yeah. So what what language is it? I if I say oh yeah it, that's right you yeah never mind she's not gonna say <laughs> it's right. not this language <laughs> yeah or French no. that's right. I know they won't be playing rock cuisine for their kids to learn <laughs> that's right. like. Like we're going to Celine do. Dion? <laughs> yeah. The French album? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. 
All right. Mm. Well, thank you ladies for joining me and uh, talking about this topic and hopefully mm-hmm. you don't get any hate mail. Yeah. Well, thanks for having us mm-hmm. and we foresee your fan base going up. Yeah. Oh, after this one. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll come week. back and do another one yeah. if you need us to. Absolutely. <laughs> Maybe we'll start our own. That's right. And we'll just climb the charts. Oh, we'll just call right. you Marilyn Brady. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. This has been a broadcast of Arrowhead Radio, a ministry of Arrowhead Native Bible Center. You can follow us on Instagram at ANBC underscore NCEM. Look for a new episode next week wherever you find your favorite podcasts.